in high school, all my friends, everyone that knew me because my parents had been in the business so long, they were like, you know, you're just going to end up being a realtor, right? And I'm like, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. But then, you know, one thing led to another. And like I said, I saw the jobs my buddies were getting and I grabbed the bull by the horns and said, all right, you know what, let's do real estate because I think I could probably make more money doing this than, than uh, anything else where I'm working a nine to five job. And also the freedom. I mean, the short answer is, you know, is freedom. Uh, I don't have to ask anybody if I want to do anything. I just do what I want to do. And the amount of money I make is determined by how hard I work. So. Hello and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Sholseth. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the Agent Podcast. I'm here with my buddy, Adam, out of Florida. Adam, welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? What's up, Raymond? Thanks for having me. Yeah, and, thanks, uh, for, thanks for being here. Happy to be here. Adam, first thing I always start with, man, why real estate? So the, the most blunt answer I can give is that I hated the jobs I saw my friends getting after college. And I said, there's no way I'm doing any of those jobs. So I work, I'm on a family team uh, with my mom, my dad, and uh, we we have some other agents as well, but we're the, we're the core group. So on a family team, they told me after college, I didn't graduate college. I stopped like 12 hours short of a degree or something like that. But Part of that was because I saw the jobs my friends were getting with their degrees, and that just still wasn't ha- happening. I mean, even if I even if I finished out, it was was not going to work out how I wanted it to. So, um, I lived in Orlando. Uh, all my buddies went to UCF, and I was at a community college up there. Prior to the community college, I was at a school called Full Sail University, which is film production and entertainment business. So I was going to have a degree in entertainment business because originally I w- I wanted to be movie producer sports agent, something along the business side of, of Hollywood. And, uh, growing up, I was, I mean, from the ages of like 10, I had a video camera and then that led to skateboard videos, which were pretty well produced for being a bunch of like 13 to 16 year old kids. Um, then in high school, I went to TV, my, I went to a, um, our high school here that I went to I can't think of the name of it, but it was, it was almost like a, it wasn't a trade school, but within normal high school, you could pick like some people wanted to be nurses. So they went into like the medical program and some then, type of elective class. Yeah. Like, so I, I went the TV production route. So I was, you know, head of the news and stuff for four years. I was on the, I was on camera. So anyways, I wanted to do something along the entertainment, in the entertainment business space. And my parents, when I moved back from Orlando, when all my buddies were graduating and I was like the only one left up there anymore. I was like, okay, I'm going to move back and, you know, I'll figure it out. So my parents said, why don't you just get your real estate license just so you can have it. And if you don't use it, you don't use it, but it's not going to hurt to have. So I said, okay, I'll, you know, I'll go get my real estate license. Uh, so I got it. And then once I had it, I was, it took me six tries to pass the test, by the way, cause I never studied for the test. Cause I was just like this pompous 25 year old, 24 year old. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to study. I, I know this, no problem. So after five tries, I was like, you know what? I should probably, I should probably study tonight because I was taking the test again the next day. They knew me by my first, but I was on a first name basis with the testing center. So I was like, okay, I'm going to study tonight, study a little bit, pass it the next day. Wasn't totally sure. I still wanted to, I wanted to do real estate, but in high school, all my friends, everyone that knew me because my parents had been in the business so long, they're like, you know, you're just going to end up being a realtor. Right. And I'm like, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. But then, you know, one thing led to another. And like I said, I saw the jobs my buddies were getting and I 
grabbed the bull by the horns and said, all right, you know what, let's do real estate because I think I could probably make more money doing this than, than, uh, anything else where I'm working a nine to five job. And also the freedom. I mean, the short answer is, you know, is freedom. Uh, I don't have to ask anybody if I want to do anything. I just do what I want to do. And the amount of money I make is determined by how hard I work. So. Great story, by the way. I want to dissect a few things. I want to get into the whole entertainment TV video thing. Sure. Um, I want to get into your first year in real estate and what that looked like. Yep. Um, So let's start with where you are in the real estate business today, and we'll kind of work backwards, right? So knowing that you're on your family team, you guys have, you're at a Remax office, right? That's what you guys are? Okay, awesome. How many deals does a total office do a year? How many transactions are you guys doing? We're the number one office in Lee County by a long shot. We do like 700 million a year. Amazing. Um, Huge number. Like our, our, I mean, we have 180 agents, but we're, yeah, we're, we, we kind of crush it as an office whole. Okay. So, um, and I'm asking for a reason. Here's why I'm asking. How has your background in like TV, entertainment, being comfortable with video, how has that played or transpired into the success of your office? Like there's got to be a connection there. Yeah. So, well, within our office, so we're the Sheets team within Remax Realty team. And in our team specifically, you know, we started using video like, I mean, five, five and a half, six years ago when I started, nobody was really using social media yet the way I started using it. And no one was using video yet. So from the start, I mean, we had a YouTube channel and YouTube show like within months of me joining my family's team. And I mean, it was boring stuff. It's property tours that everybody does. And um, we do like market updates and that kind of thing. But at the time, no one was doing it. I mean, I'm sure someone was doing it, but nobody that I was interacting with. So we adopted the video stuff really early. In the last year, our video stuff is absolutely slacked, I'll be honest. Um, but we've been busier. So it's hard to... Because with the background in TV production, I don't, I won't put anything out that I don't think is absolutely perfect. So I might I take two... Up, Right. I might take two hours to film a video, but then I might take 15 hours to edit the video just to make sure that like the beat drop for here is perfectly, you know, timed with a, with a, with a cut in the video. So, but when you get busier, you don't have 15 hours to edit a video anymore. Um, I'm also really cheap, uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I would never pay anyone to do it. One, I don't like spending money on it Two, I feel like I could do it better than who I would pay to do it, but just, I mean, video wise, like within our team, again, being able to send out, you know, video market updates and through like MailChimp campaigns and stuff like that is things, there's other things a lot of people don't do probably because the majority of people aren't comfortable on camera. Uh, it takes a lot. Like there's people that are absolutely terrified of being on camera. So they're never going to send video out, but video on Facebook, Instagram, except for yesterday, obviously. Um, <laughs> and when I say yesterday, whenever, whenever this gets released, it was the day that the blackout happened with Instagram yeah. and Facebook. Um, yeah, but, where, where Mark Zuckerberg said, scared you, didn't I? <laughs> I? That was the craziest thing. And they haven't given any ex- explanation to what happened. I haven't seen a single thing come out from Facebook. Um, we'll never know. But <laughs> anyways, um, so I mean, just again, within our team, our, our uh, you know video has helped us substantially because we're able to get, it's kind of like doing this podcast. Like we're able to cast a wide net with, you know, our videos. We don't have to do specific one-on-one market updates. We don't have to call every week and have one-on-one conversations with people. We send one email out with a video say, Hey, here's what's happening in Southwest Florida real estate market. And you know, then, then the questions come into us instead of having to, Hey, Hey, Joan, 
hey, Bill, hey, Dave, you know, all the time calling and saying, here's the market update. Now, our company-wide, my broker is a Tom Ferry coach. So we have great coaching there as well. But she's big on video too. So even when she needs to interact with our agents, and you know, motivational videos, whatever she comes up with, you know, every other day, I think she sends out a video. She's the workhorse behind it. You know, that's, she's what got us the $700 million, you know, um, because one, she's Tom Ferry coach. So she, she's really good at keeping people organized. And two, she's not afraid to be on camera. So as a whole, it just helps. It helps the whole Remax brand, specifically our Remax brand, um, you know, rise to the top. That's awesome. So tell me about your first year in real estate. First year, uh, I this was kind of the year that I was like, I don't know if I want to do it, but I'm I'm going to do it, I guess. But I'm not sh- totally sure. So within, I want to say, I think I had my first closing within like a couple weeks. But it was because prior to being officially licensed, I was advertising myself. Don't tell the NAR or anybody this, but uh, I was already advertising myself on Facebook that I was getting my real estate license. And I started messaging people and, hey, just so you know, I'm about to get my real estate license. You know, if you look, if you're looking to buy yourself, I know I'll be happy to help in just a matter of weeks. So I had a girl from high school respond and she was like, hey, I've actually been thinking about renting a place, renting a new place. Can you help me with that? And I turned her into a buyer. And so I had to run it all through my parents, obviously, because I wasn't licensed yet. But then I was able to close within just a couple of weeks of, of, uh, of being licensed. So first paycheck, let's see, the property was $168,000. The appraisal came in low. It was $162,000. And so I cashed in like, what is that, five grand, something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, five grand? You know what I'm going to do with five grand? I think I went and bought a new set of golf clubs, um, all new <laughs> set of golf clubs. And golf shoes, I think I went all out. I was just like, you know what? I've never, because at the time, I'd never had that. I had never had $5,000. And uh, I, well, backtrack to that. I had like $1,000 when I started and I spent it on the computer that I'm using right now to do this podcast on. Um, So I had no money and then I had five grand. And I'm like, this is incredible. But I didn't have any money to spend on leads or anything uh, because I spent it all on a computer. And that's why I went to Facebook specifically because I could reach a lot of people really quickly for no money. And I still do that in year six. So the first year I did that deal. And then I think I had one more within about a month and a half, but then I didn't have a single closing for like seven months. So I was like, I thought I was, I'm like, I'm the greatest realtor of all time. And then nothing happened for a long time. So I had a couple more, like at the end of the year, small deals, like $90,000. And oh, specifically, there was a $49,500 deal that year. So I made a total of like twelve dollars or $13,000, something like that, which led me to my second year, which was when I said, all right, January 1, I'm going to get it together and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually do this. I was like, I had my trial period. I liked it didn't really practice it much. I mean, I, like it's hard to even say I was a real estate agent. I was just like that part-time guy that, you know, does a couple deals a year. So that led me to second year. And I was like, all right, let's hit the ground running. And so I kind of put all these systems in place, came up with like what I need to do on Facebook and how I need to set up my goal board and that kind of thing. Um, and now I still do the same stuff from year one and it's just evolved from year one to six. So what is your Facebook strategy? So the Cliff Notes version is I found out that I, through a lot of accidental trial and error, I found out that if I send 250 messages to people, I've, I'll get roughly two to three leads from that, hot leads that are like, yeah, actually, you know what? I was just looking at houses on Zillow. Um, like, so it's what like do I a need to do? It's like a 1% conversion rate, right? 
yeah something like that um okay is that one yeah yeah somewhere around there so basically what i did was i broke down my week into 25 or 50 messages per day so i was adding everyone in my area on facebook you're allowed 5,000 facebook friends and i started with like 600 within you know a year i was at 2000 and now i'm i hover around the 5,000 person mark all the time but i constantly filter people in and out even though 5,000 is more than enough there's still people i haven't sent messages to um because again i when I started doing this, I could do it every day, all day if I wanted to. And now I don't can't fill my day with just sending out messages the whole time. But I was sending out 25 messages at a time to people. And it was just like, hey, my name is Adam Sheets with um, whatever company I was with at the time. Uh, if you know, if you're if you or anyone you know is ever looking to buy or sell a house, it'd be awesome if you kept me in mind with my contact information and a link to our website at the bottom. And most of the time, only rarely have rarely have I ran into somebody that was rude. But most people are like, okay, absolutely. Thank you. So when someone responds to me, I have an Excel file and I would put their name into the Excel sheet. And then I would do three, six, nine, and 12 month follow-up with notes on each one. So um, if you know, they said, yeah, actually my lease is up in six months, they go into the three month follow-up pile, probably a little bit sooner than that. So I know I got to stay ahead of them because they're ready to buy in six months. If someone's like, yeah, I'll definitely keep you in mind. Then they get like the six and 12 month follow-up, which is probably a little loose in between there, but I don't want to annoy people through their Facebook messenger all the time. So I had to spread it out to make sure that I wasn't like, Oh, I'm just in their face. And then next thing I know they delete me off Facebook and that you know kind of defeats the purpose. So I was just breaking down into 25 messages a day is kind of the formula I was using. So I was sending one, what is that? One 25 a week, something like that. <laughs> and uh, out of the 125, I was, that was like, I get, I guess you could call it one and a half leads. But it takes, you know, minutes to send 25 messages. You can send 25 messages on Facebook in less than 10 minutes, no problem. Because it's just copy and paste. You're not typing out individual messages. And also, once you get to about 48 messages sent to somebody, Facebook stops you until the next day. you go to Facebook jail. Yeah, exactly. So um, you try to hover well under that so you don't have to worry about it. Um, But then, I mean, the the conversion came when I started doing the 3, 6, 9, and 12 uh month follow-ups because then they're like man this guy's relentless and the story i use mostly for this is that five years ago it was one of the very first people i messaged his name's trey he called me last year and he said hey adam you you know i've seen your branding and i've seen your con your your posts for the last four years i haven't been ready to buy a house but you, you know you messaged me and now i'm re-. he called me he got my number off facebook he's like hey this is trey jones and i'm like who and he's like we have friends on Facebook. I'm like, and then it clicked. I'm like, okay, yeah, I've been sending messages to you, messages to you every, he was a six and 12 month follow-up guy. And um, that paired with him seeing my stuff on Facebook every day, he still chose to call me because I was always in his face. And one of the first things he said to me was, yeah, you're still in real estate, right? Which told me, I'm like, okay, one, that means agents are doing a terrible job at advertising themselves. And two, we have way too much turnover in this business, but can't control that. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. So it was a, it was a mixture between this kind of message program I came up with and then the consistent branding. So like if someone looks at my Facebook page, it all looks the same all the time. Whether it's under contract, just listed or whatever, it's black, white, and gray with our logo and my company's logo with my contact information. And what happens is I think there's no science behind this, but I'm pretty sure what happens is the average Joe doesn't go back and scour through your Facebook page to see if you posted the same property twice. So when I, when I'm in my, in my coaching, when I coach these agents, most while well, telling most agents, when they close on a property, they will post 
that they close the property. They just do one picture that says closed, always in red diagonal font, like on Microsoft Word, it says closed across the top. No story, nothing, just closed. And I'm like, no one, no one cares about that. And it looks different every time because you you don't ever quite use the same font. You might change the color, but when they're only posting one time. So for me, it was on the buyer side, I got an under contract and a closed post. So I get two pieces of content in 30 days, 30 or 45 days. And then on a listing, I get a just listed, I get an under contract and a closed. So for the average Joe, who's just friends with you on Facebook, they're like, man, Adam sold like three times as many houses as he actually did this last month. Um, because they're just seeing the consistent branding with the same logos all the time. So it all kind of works together. And then there's part of this that works with a business page too. Real estate business pages are very hard to you know gain traction on. It's taken me five years to get us to 3,000 followers. But like the engagement, we don't... I, I, I don't pay for any marketing on Facebook. So the engagement is all just natural engagement and sharing from the business page to the personal page, you know, to generate views for the, for the business page. So the engagement is never good on our business page. But if you go behind the scenes, I, if I do a restaurant review, it'll reach like three or 4,000 people, but we don't get any comments or anything, but it's fine because I know three or 4,000 people saw it and they saw the branding and they saw who posted it. So that's all I really care about. Um, so it's, it's literally just about, it's about making sure that you're the you know face of real estate for your Facebook audience. Um, and that's what I've done over the last five years. Is- so can we talk about Facebook, like personal page versus business page for a minute? Because that's one of the things that I think is very important, right? Like people talk about, oh, I need this pers- this business page. And yes, you do need a business page because it does matter. However, it's my opinion, only because I've seen it time and time again, that your personal page is way more important than your business page, because that is the true funnel that your target clients and audience and acquisitions are going to come through, right? They're going to see something you post or they're friends with somebody and that's going to be shared. And they're going to go and be like, who is this dude? What do they do? What's going on? You know, do, do I like them? Do I trust them? Whatever the case may be, what are they about? And so many people are busy, like throwing personal garbage on their Facebook page and then trying to focus on the business page. Like, mm-hmm. what's your thought on that? So I think you have to have a business page. No questions, you need to have one because if someone Googles the Sheets team, our Facebook page is one of the first things that comes up. My personal page doesn't come up. It will, it does way down the list, but people also like to see a face behind. You know, they want to know I'm a person. Yeah. So the engagement is always going to... That's why if Steve Jobs had a personal Facebook page, it would be booming with engagement. And then you go to his, the, the Apple page. This is obviously like if he were running, this is a terrible comparison, but hopefully people understand what I'm trying to say. The, the Apple business page is never going to get as much engagement as the guy who's the face of Apple. Yep. Um, and so I think you have to have the business page and personals where all the stuff's going to, you know, people are like, oh yeah, that's, that's Adam. Like I know Adam, I've seen Adam. Um, but like our logo and stuff for or our, um, profile picture and everything for our business page is our logo. There's no face behind it. Um, and people are so inundated with business pages all the time. Like how, how many business pages do you get invited to a day? Okay. Uh, I get probably invited to 20 a day. Yeah. And unless it's someone I personally know, I don't follow them. My buddy owns a window tenant company. He sends it to me. I'm like, Oh yeah, Brian's behind this. But if I'm just random business sending out page invites, 
people have no connection to it. Yep. But I think you need to have it just because like on our business page, I follow a content calendar. So like on Monday, I do anything we just listed closed or put under contract, you know, over the weekend. Tuesday, I do sheet seats. So it's a restaurant review. Wednesday, I have this like literally on my computer, duct tape to the side. So I always know it. Um, but Wednesday, I do like weekend things to do in Fort Myers. Thursday is a local business spotlight. And Friday is end with a win. So you can go on there and brag. I would never do that stuff for my personal page. But when I post it on the business page, I'll share it to my personal to generate the buzz on the, on the business page. Sure. Um, love it. And people love the like hyper local stuff from the business page. Whereas on the personal, I, I can get a little more like, a little more technical on the personal page. So like, if you look at my like under contract posts, I always post a story with it. Cause again, back to the sideways writing that says close the, you know, no one cares, but if you can tell people how you had to do this, you had to fight against multiple offers. You had to pull out the stops, whatever you had to do. Um, then people are like, okay, like he's working for his money. People think we're overpaid as it is. So anything I can do to like humanize myself and make it seem like, okay, he didn't just write the contract and then cash in $10,000 30 days later, then, you know, I'm going to do that. Um, just to, again, just to humanize myself a little bit. I love the system, right? Because the system really helps employ consistency and consistency is a big part of this business. Yeah. I mean, especially in, in, I mean, not even just Facebook, Facebook, but if you want to do LinkedIn, I mean, Instagram. Instagram's a little bit tougher. I don't, I'm not huge on Instagram, but the consistency is literally what's built my business for the last five and a half years. If and I'll notice like if I get super busy for a couple of weeks and I'm not on Facebook every day, I'll notice that my my phone doesn't ring as much. I'm not dealing with as many things. But if I have a week like this week, except for yesterday, I'm gonna be heavy on Facebook because I've got closing some under contract, some properties going under contract and that kind of thing. So next week. My not only is my engagement on Facebook posts going to be really high, but I promise you my phone's going to ring more next week than it will this week. If I, if hypothetically the last two weeks I was busy and wasn't on Facebook as much, but yeah, being able to stick with the the posting, like I try to do, um, there's some people that'll tell you to post like multiple times a day. The problem with that is in real estate is that again, it's very boring and no one really cares. So to be posting like multiple real estate things every day is a little tough. Yeah, you might get a couple likes, but it's always like your usual title company rep that likes it, your preferred lender that likes it, and like your mom and your dad. <laughs> and uh, so, kind of back to consistency again. I tell people all the time that if their engagement is lacking and they're they kind of follow my model where they post like probably nine real estate things and one personal thing. The only reason I post the personal thing is because I realize that towards post seven, eight, and nine, my engagement goes to the floor and no one's liking it or seeing it. I'm like, all right, Facebook algorithm, Facebook's algorithm is picked up. Then no one's engaging with my stuff. So they put me at the bottom of the list on what people see. So then I'll post a picture of me and my dog and that'll go for 200 likes and 40 comments about how cute my dog is. And then the next seven Facebook or real estate posts are back to getting, you know, 40, 50 likes and 20 comments. But if you're just posting real estate stuff all the time, you're not going to, that's just not going to happen because Facebook's going to shelf you. Right. Right. So you guys have a lot of agents out of that office. Are you guys all doing this very similar structure for lead generation or does everybody kind of have their own thing that they do based upon their own sphere? So this is pretty much my, my thing. My parents have been in the business so long. They're like highly referral based and um, you know, they're very like pick up the phone and start dialing kind of people. Whereas I, I guess, 
part of the reason that this whole thing started was because uh, I didn't want to, one, I told myself I was going to be a realtor in the first place. And two, I was definitely not going to do the stuff that every other realtor was doing. So I wanted to come up with my own way. So that's this whole thing started. Next month, we have our annual business planning seminar uh, with like our 200 agents. And so that's going to be the first time I'm breaking this out. I'm speaking at the event. And so there will be a lot more people doing it then. Um, but it's the same stuff I teach like my coaching clients as well. But right now, me and my, you know, my selected uh, coaching people across the country are the, you know, the only ones that I've taught it to. Um, and it's not rocket science. I say taught, but it's not rocket. I always start my coaching calls with, listen, you're going to probably be very underwhelmed because this is a rocket science. It's literally just like sending out postcards, but you can track where the postcards went to and yeah. you can track if somebody saw the postcard. Yeah. Um, somebody can respond real time. Real time. And if somebody wants to you know, say F you, they can just say F you. But I kind of, on my advertising, I kind of, my quote is that the Facebook message is the new postcard. Um, the difference is it's free. And with so many new agents coming into this business right now, um, free is good because marketing gets expensive really quick. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, even these companies that like, cause we get approached by companies all the time. Hey, let us run your Facebook business page. I'm like, okay, how much? Well, they're, they're like, we want 5,000 up front. And then we want you to spend $50 a day. And I'm like, that is a lot of money. And so we've tried it in the past and nothing generates as much business as me sending messages out to my, you know, personal friends list. But circle back right now. I'm the only one until I teach this to 200 people next month. Um, and then, but then again, it's consistency too. So I might teach it to 200 people, maybe 10 of them actually employ it and, right, and, actually and, do it and keep using it, adopt the system. They'll, they'll try it for a couple of weeks. Cause I, I have one coach player right now who he basically refuses to do what I tell him to. And he's, I think he's, you know, he's probably about to fire me as a coach actually. Cause he's like, I'm just not getting any business. It's we're one month in. Anyways, this taking this is five and a half years later for me. Yeah. Um, right. and uh, so we're, we're one month in with him, and he's like, "I'm not getting any business," and I'm like, "Dude, relax. Like this isn't." And I was like, "There, if you want to pay Zillow five thousand dollars a month, go ahead. I'm sure you'll get business there, like no problem." But my coaching is far less than than Zillow is gonna gonna cost you. So, so yeah, that's the long winded version of other people using this method. Love I'm it. sure there's people that use an, a, a, you know, they use their own version of it, but this yeah, is I mean, kind of my patented, uh, yeah, patented ev scheme. Everyone has their own thing, but ultimately you're doing, you know, you're, you're using organic marketing to generate yeah. traffic to your page in order to do what you want to do, have a conversation, right? Like, Hey, can I help you? Yep. I do know there is that we have one kid in town who, uh, I was not friends with him on Facebook. One night I'm sitting there on the couch watching football and I get a message. It was like, Hey, this is so-and-so I just became a realtor. If you're ever looking to buy or sell a house. And I was like, dude, did you listen to a podcast recently? And he's like, no, he's like, I just came up with it. I was like, just so you know, like he, he didn't know I was a realtor. He was just reaching out to me. Like I was, you know, Joe Schmo. And, um, I was like, dude, just so you know, I built my business off doing what you're doing right now. So like, I applaud you for that because no one else I've talked to, and I have the same kind of conversation a lot. No one else I've talked to has ever tried this. And, um, but then made me realize, all right, it's time to evolve a little bit because somebody's back there. It's like, I think Mark, I don't know if it's Mark Cuban that said it. If you're not working hard to move forward, someone else is moving harder to catch up to I, something along those lines. Um, but yeah, when this kid did it, I was like, dude, keep doing it because it, it will work. Just give it a little time. It's just not going to be instant.
Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the commitment to the process, you know, and yep. working that process, showing up every day, doing that work. Well, what's weird is that there's people who have been sending postcards to their same farming areas for two years. They've gotten one deal off of it, but they spent three grand on, you know, stamps. Yep. And then I tell them, Hey, what about this option for free? And they're like, no, that's never going to work. I'm like, your postcards don't work. Everyone throws them away. Yeah. Right. You're just adding to the pollution problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, obviously I'm the, you know, I'm on the wrong side of getting postcards and stuff from realtors. Cause I, I get them all the time in my neighborhood. And I mean, obviously I throw them away. I have no interest in seeing what another realtor has to say about, you know, I don't need a market update for my own neighborhood. I already know what it is. Um, but most of my friends, they're like, they'll, cause they'll send me pictures of stuff occasionally like, Hey dude, why don't you do this? I'm just kind of, you know, razzing me. And, um, but I know they throw it away. They, just, they don't keep it. So if even 50% of the people throw away your postcards, that's a huge waste of money. And then the other 50% put them in a drawer and then they forget <laughs> about it. And then they call their friend to sell their house. And then you look it up on the MLS to see if your, uh, farming area has been, um, if your farming area has been successful or not. And you find out that that same house listed with, you know, somebody else, but Hey, at least they kept your postcard. Yeah. So in this case, your farming area is all digital, right? It's all community based. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's literally, it's, it's a 5,000 person extension of my sphere of influence. Right. Um, which is, you can't, I, mean, I couldn't even put a price tag on it. Like yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's huge. but to reach 5,000 people in any capacity is tough. There's nothing you can really do to reach five, even 5,000 people. If you sent out postcards, that's a lot of different neighborhoods that you're sending those out to. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of different people to cold, cold call. You know how long it takes to cold call 5,000 people? And that's when you really start getting the, the FUs back and stuff. <laughs> um, and no, thanks. I'll also full disclosure. I would never cold call in my life. So maybe if I tried it, it'd work out, but I'm definitely afraid of that. Um, Sam, we had a guy on our team for a while, one of my best friends, and he was big on door knocking for a couple of years and he did well door knocking. I went out one time door knocking with him. I knocked on one door and the lady was like, just a tad bit rude to me. And I was like, dude, I'm never doing this again. I was like, <laughs> no, thanks. I can't handle this rejection. At least sending out Facebook messages. I can see that they read it and they just ignored it, which is perfectly fine. That's the most, you know, uh, conversation that I needed to have with that person. Anyways. But I think the takeaway from that is that just because somebody is doing something that's working doesn't mean you have to do that, right? Like you have to find your comfort zone and stay in your lane to do what makes sense for you. Yeah, you can't do, I mean, you can't do everything. You can't door knock, cold call, use Facebook Messenger, send out postcards, like you'd, you'd work a hundred hours a week, you know? So you, exactly right. You figure out what works for you and, and just stick to it. Even if it takes a little time, just stick to it. Um, and they, I mean, I'm gonna keep picking on postcards, but they say you have to touch somebody eight times, I think, before they start like remembering you and, and you know, might call you. Eight times times 50 cents is what, $4? Yep. And then 51 cents, whatever a stamp, I don't even know what a stamp costs. 50 cents probably. Um, that's $4 times a neighborhood of 100. I'm like, that's just, that's crazy. And to yeah. do that adds eight up quick. Times, like, adds up very quickly. Um, and this whole thing started because I was broke. That's ultimately what, how I, I figured it. it out. I love it. So this has been super focused on Facebook, which I think is great because yeah. a lot of people yeah. are scared of it. One of the questions I like to ask Adam is, for anybody listening to this, what is one thing that you would like to pay forward? And you know, maybe we've already talked about it, but what is one thing that you would like to pay forward to our audience to give them like a golden nugget 
to take away from our conversation? The number one thing, and I don't know if it's, well, we mentioned it a little bit, but the number one thing I would say to go ahead and get ahead of, because I think they say by like, I'm going to botch this date, the 2025 or something, like 70% of Facebook is going to be video-based. So go ahead and get ahead on the video curve because at some point the static posts are not going to be doing it anymore on Facebook and it's going to be all video. Um, that would be the nugget I would share is to go ahead and get ahead of it because you're going to find yourself because all of a sudden you're going to start getting emails from, from marketing companies like, Hey, we'll produce video for you. We'll do this. Just send it to us. We'll edit it. And you're like, why is this happening? And it's because in five years, Facebook's going to be like 70% video. Um, but I mean, that goes for not just Facebook. That's yeah, just every platform, general, right? That's why every TikTok's platform. crushing it. TikTok is crushing it. Um, I got my buddy, uh, do you know who Ed Stulak is? No. Um, so he's like, I've, I'm pretty sure he has a registered millennial realtor. He crushes it on TikTok. Um, he's like been in Forbes and Wall Street Journal and all these, uh, you name it, he's been in it because of his success on TikTok. Um, and I'm starting to notice a lot of realtors are getting over to TikTok. Now, the challenge is, again, consistency. It's no different than YouTube. If you post one YouTube video a month, you're never going to be a success on YouTube. If you post, post one TikTok a week, you're never going to be a success on TikTok. So, and it's, it's tough because if you're not like a creative, like I'm a naturally just creative person. If you're not creative, it takes more time to come up with those videos. But to go along with the get ahead on the video curve, I would say, to not take yourself so seriously when posting video because again like i said i don't I can't remember if it was before we started or not but i'm a perfectionist so it takes me forever to edit a video properly before i put it out the general public doesn't care post this funny video that you know doesn't make any sense just do it just to get your name out there because you're never going to get it it's never going to be perfect so don't take yourself so seriously i mean and that goes for not just that goes further than video um even for your, if you want to come up with a funny Facebook post about real estate, just post it, just post it. I love that. I think that's, that's the important. quote. Just post it. That's post the quote. It. Just, just post it. Yep. Adam, this has been awesome, man. What, uh, if someone wants to reach out to you, talk to you, get help, sure. where do they, where um, do they find so, you? Yeah. So I'm pretty much an open book. Uh, we kind of alluded to, I do have a coaching business as well. 239-839-6974. If you listen to this and want to shoot me a text, if you ever want to bounce an idea off me, I'm not going to charge you to bounce an idea off of me. Um, if you're ever interested in coaching, I'll send information out. I'm at Adam Sheets on Instagram and Adam Sheets on Facebook and the Sheets team on Facebook. Um, so super easy to find. I'm usually the first one that comes up. That's the places to find. And then Adam at SheetsTeam.net is my email address. But text me. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. What was that number again? 239-839-6974. Awesome. Adam, this has been fun, man. Thank you. Absolutely. That was a blast. Hey guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one.